Well, praise the Lord. Pastor Jerry, once again, bringing you the Word of God. Again, it is always an honor. It's always a privilege. We're so grateful that you're listening in, watching in, however it is you're connecting with us. Once again, we're going to jump right into Luke chapter 6, please. Luke chapter 6. And we've been talking about being founded on the rock, all right? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. Uh, so Luke 6 and verse 46, and it says this, But why do you call me Lord, Lord? Now, of course, this is Jesus talking. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, which obviously this is the emphasis here, is being a doer of what you hear, praise God. A doer of what you know to do, praise God. Uh, And he who hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep, and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against the house that, uh, and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Okay, so there's the one that heard and did. All right, now verse 49. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth. Now obviously it's talking about something a little bit more unstable. That's kind of the, the point we're going to make here today. Okay, the rock being something stable, the earth here being something that's not necessarily stable. The Matthews account uses the word sand, which even seems like even more unstable. Okay, but it says uh, they built on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Okay, so a little bit of word study here, just real quick again, a little review. Uh, the word Lord he says, Lord, Lord, here in verse 46 uh, is, is uh, the word for uh, supreme one or supreme in authority or master. And so what he's saying is, why are you calling me master or why are you calling me supreme? And then you take a, what we would say, maybe a casual approach to what I'm saying. You're looking at it like it's just some lightweight suggestion. Uh, you know, maybe I'm just a recommendation or maybe just some good advice that you could take or leave. Okay, he's saying, listen, I'm, I'm you, you acknowledge me as your Lord, you acknowledge me as, as the one in, in charge, but yet every time I say something to you, you're kind of looking at it kind of with a question mark whether you will or you won't, and that's the point. Now, obviously, okay, it's talking about people that are hearing and doing, okay? It's the key, hearing and doing. Now, um, there's several things we will, we'll look at again here, okay? The fact that both heard Okay, in fact, Matthew's account, let me just toss this out real quick. Matthew's account makes the difference between the one that heard and did and the one that heard and didn't as one that was wise or one that was foolish, okay? In fact, even Proverbs 1 brings that out, okay, about, uh, about whether you're going to be one that hears, be wise and hear and do, and whether you're going to hear and not do. In fact, uh, Proverbs 1 and verse 33, the end of that chapter says, whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Okay, so not the whole thing in context is talking about hearing and following. And if you'll do that, praise God, you don't have to worry about the enemy's attacks. Amen. Okay, so here we are now back in Luke 6, and he's bringing out, there's two individuals talked about here, okay, so both of them, though, heard, okay, which means, okay, neither one of them uh, have an excuse here, okay. Uh, God's not requiring you to do what you haven't heard. He's requiring you to do what you have heard. He's not requiring you to do what you don't know. He's requiring you to do what you already do know. And that if we could just get people to do what they know to do and do what they've heard, you know, and follow what they've heard, we'll be 100 miles further down the road. 
All right. The problem is most people just, you know, they take everything with a question mark, okay, whether they will or they won't. Okay, and that's the problem. Okay, so both heard, okay, both build a house, which just implies uh, their life. You know, you're putting, uh, you know, you're moving forward with your life. You're building a life, you know, a family, all kinds of things that kind of fits into that. Okay, so both build a house, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Both have same kind of, uh, we could say, maybe same kind of opportunities that are before them and everything. Uh, both both uh, experience a storm. Okay, keep that in mind. That's something that's going to come up again uh, before we're done here today. But both experienced a storm. Okay, now the problem was, though, uh, one was a doer and one was not a doer. Okay, so that's where we start now separating. Okay, so in other words, they both heard, they both built a house, they both experienced a storm. But the difference between the two individuals comes down to the doing or not doing. Okay, so one did, one did not. Okay, one made the decision to go ahead and follow what he heard. The other one did not. Now, I know I'm, every week I take a little bit of time on this. I do it on purpose because when you start looking at the power of obedience, okay, and what it is, see, it really just comes down to doing. Be a doer. Amen. Things work out better when you're a doer. Amen. Uh, we also see here the difference. One was founded on something stable, on the rock, and one was not. Okay, one was not founded. One, one had no foundation. In fact, that word foundation Okay, means something put down. It's talking about, obviously, a substructure, a footing, a base. Okay, uh, we can kind of break that down even to more. But we're talking about, you know, a footing, a, a foundation, or a stem wall, depending on the, you know, different verbiage and all that. But the bottom line is it means something put down. So every time, and this is what we've emphasized throughout this whole series, that every time, every little act of obedience you do, all even the simple acts of obedience, just simple things that sometimes we look at, we think, ah, oh, that can't mean nothing, or ah, oh, uh, what's, you know, no big deal. Well, that's the problem, see? Every little thing he talks to you about, you see it as no big deal, and then what happens is you're not putting something down. You're not laying any kind of foundation, okay? So what happens is then when the storm blows in, Okay, now all of a sudden, there's the difference here now. One house stands and one house falls. Okay, one, has, one house stands the test of whatever, uh, you know, the, the storm that rolls in. Okay, whatever kind of demonic attack or people attack or whatever it is. But regardless, it's a storm in life that hits. And you notice both houses got it. Okay, because just walking in obedience doesn't mean that there's not going to be storms once in a while. Okay. But the point is this, the difference is the one that's a, a doer, okay, and that's, I think, what even James brings out, James 1, in verse 22, he says, but be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, lest you deceive yourself, because that's what happens a lot of times. We've heard, we know we should be doing, but we, just because we heard doesn't mean we're doing it. So what happens, you have a tendency to deceive yourself. The problem with that is all of a sudden, here comes the storm. And it beats on your house. Pretty soon your house is busting apart. Pretty soon it's going downstream. Everything you love, everything you see, everything you've worked for now, it seems like it's rolling downstream, okay? Now, it's an ugly, ugly, uh, you know, maybe analogy or picture, but that's, that's kind of what ends up happening. And the whole thing is we get mad at God. Uh, we get mad at everybody else or whatever it is. And the bottom line is you can't, there's no excuses. See, you heard, you know what you should have done, but you didn't do. And whether it was due to, uh, well, in this case, it's really just due to, uh, you know, a choice. You made a decision not to, or you self-deceived into thinking that just because you heard, you are automatically doing. It, it's a, that's how it works, all right? Now, 
what we talked about kind of through this whole deal is what the differences, okay? So we see the difference of a wise and a foolish one, somebody founded or not founded, somebody uh, building on something on the rock or just building on the earth. In other words, building on something stable or building on something maybe that's unstable, okay? Now hang on to that, okay? The difference between walking in safety and security or not, and that's what we found out of Proverbs 1 there, that, that verse. We also see different things too, the difference between having our needs met or not having our needs met can come into this. Okay, uh, for instance, John 4 and 34, Jesus said, my food or my sustenance, my nourishment, okay, my livelihood, my support, whatever you can say here, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And we took some time and looked at that a few weeks back. Also, we see the difference between, uh, you know, uh, just walking in any kind of provision or destruction, okay, uh, couple references on that maybe uh isaiah 1 verse 19 and 20 and it just says this if you're willing and obedient you eat the good of the land in other words so all provision comes in it eats the best of the land but if you refuse and rebel it says you shall be devoured by the sword now obviously that's talking about a weapon that's being formed against them now that's going to come up again before we're done here today Okay, because what the enemy is always doing is forming some kind of weapon against you, trying to array some kind of storm to hit you, all right, and he's looking for an inroad. Well, the only inroad that he gets is when you choose not to follow when the Lord's leading. Okay, so what happens now, it creates this, this opening, so to speak, and I'm just kind of work with me on this, but it kind of creates this, this opening for the enemy to get in. A way for him to enter, okay? Now, all of a sudden, this weapon that's being formed against you, now all of a sudden, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up doing some damage, all right? Another reference, Job 36 and 11 and verse 12, it says, If they obey and serve him, uh, they shall spend their days in prosperity, their years in pleasure. See, things are looking good. But if not, in other words, if we don't obey, it says they shall perish by the sword and shall die without knowledge. So anyways, the point is this, again, showing a weapon that's being formed, okay, against them. And the only way that that, that weapon can, can, can actually be successful against you in these texts anyway, is showing you just based on obedience or not, not obeying. So if you don't obey, okay, then all of a sudden there's an inroad. Now the enemy has, has the upper hand here, okay. And again, I know these are things that are going to come up again. Uh, today. All right. Other things we learned, okay, through the course of this, okay, uh, it's, uh, obeying, not obeying could be the difference between abundant life or not, the difference between the blessing and the curse, the difference between walking in your promised land or walking in the wilderness. All this is based on obedience, okay, or not obeying. Uh, the difference between days like heaven on earth versus days like hell on earth, okay, we took some time with that. Uh, what we looked at last week is the difference between knowing who you are all right, listen, knowing who you are or not, okay? And we, we came out of James 1. We talked, uh, uh, took a little time with that, looked at that. And uh, if you're going to be somebody that's going to hear and then not do, it's like somebody that goes up to the mirror, looks in that mirror, sees who they are, but then they walk away and they forget about who they are, okay? And we showed the, the, the connection with being faithful to obey and follow and how it, how it will benefit you in the area of your true identity in Christ. And um, that's just, uh, you know, just a, another way of kind of quickly looking at uh, what we talked about last week, all right? So anyway, praise God. With all that said, oh, hallelujah, let's, let's go to James chapter 4, please. James chapter 4, all right? 
And uh, I guess we were in James 1 last week, but we're going to be in James chapter 4 this week. And I'm going to talk about a foundation of resistance, okay, and the importance of being a doer of things in the area of resisting your enemy, all right? And I'm going to talk about building that foundation of resistance, all right? All right, so let's take a look at this. James 4, verse 7, a common text. We've used this many times from behind this pulpit. Therefore, uh, submit to God. Okay, and of course, he just got in talking about the difference between uh, walking in pride or walking in humility. Okay, but then he says, therefore, submit to God. Okay, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, now this word resist means to stand against, oppose, or to withstand. Okay, uh, to, you know, to counter or oppose. Okay, so that's what it means. Uh, but the word submit, this is key today. It means to subject to or be subject to uh, uh, reflex, reflexively, okay, which means to be reflective. In other words, you know, to respond to something that's being said. Okay, it also means this, to yield to or to be under obedience. So the word submit means to be under obedience. So in other words, what he's talking about here, when we're submitting to God, and then it says resist the devil, he's talking about first and foremost, it pays to follow God, amen, and we've said it many times, okay, but it, it makes the resisting of your enemy a whole lot easier if you're following God in it, okay? So he says if you'll follow him, if you'll submit to God, you'll yield to God, amen, and then resist the enemy, amen. Now, um, you know, a lot of just a few statements with this. Uh, you notice in here it doesn't say to beg God to resist the devil. No, it says you're called to resist the enemy, all right? Okay, but you're called to be led in that, okay? God will empower you, strengthen you, all the other things that you need to get the job done. God will see to it that you'll have that if you follow him, all right? Remember, all, all sustenance, all provision, everything that you need is going to be tied to whether or not you're going to follow when you're being led. If you do that, you'll have everything you need so that when you do face your enemy, okay, along the way, no matter what, what degree that is, if you'll face your enemy then with that, you'll win every time. It says, and he will flee, all right? That's just good to know, praise God. That literally means to flee in stark terror, by the way. I thought that was kind of interesting. Amen. Now, uh, I also say this uh, pretty much every time I bring this up. Uh, there's two things that God will not do. God will not receive for you, and he will not resist for you, okay? You've got to use your faith to receive, okay? And you've got to also use your faith, in a sense, and your um, obedience to resist, okay? So God's requiring you to receive, and he's requiring you to resist, and that's what we kind of see in here, all right? So submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. All right. Then it goes on to say, Resist him, amen, steadfast, steadfast in the faith. Okay. So, so again, he's telling you to resist, but he's making it be known. The enemy is going out and about trying to do whatever he can, looking for a way in. Okay, coming as a roar lion seeking whom he may devour. That doesn't mean he has to. He's looking whom he may devour. That's when I always say he may not hear. Praise God. Amen. Now, okay, we're going to talk today about um, 
a foundation of resistance, okay? Now, first and foremost, you know, we got to kind of get it settled, the fact that we're called to resist our enemy. Now, we've got the authority and dominion to do that, all right? Now, according to the Scriptures, the enemy's authority has been stripped of him, all right? So he, he doesn't have more authority and dominion than you do, all right? Uh, but if you're ignorant to that or you're not act, acting on that or you're not doing your part, the enemy will continue to just ransack uh, your life, your house, and, and uh, every storm that comes, uh, you know, it's going to be busting apart and going downstream, okay? That's just the facts, all right? So the Scripture says that He's given us authority. In fact, Luke 10 and 19, Jesus talking, He said this. He says, uh, Behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you, praise God. Now, that's a promise from God, all right, uh, you know, from the Lord Himself, okay? You, you have the authority, amen, to resist your enemy. The Scripture says in Colossians 1 that He has delivered us from the power of darkness, amen. 1 John 4 makes it real clear that greater is He who's in us than He who's in the world, all right? So you've got the authority, the dominion, you've got the power, amen, you've got what it takes to do this, amen. In fact, Matthew 16 and verse 19, he's talking about the gates of hell not prevailing against you, and he says, uh, I will give you keys of the kingdom. Now, see this in the light of, you know, submitting to God, resisting the enemy. He says, I will give you keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heavens whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in the heavens so he's talking again about uh, you walking in a place of dominion and authority amen resisting whatever it is you're up against but he's saying that i've given you keys so what he's saying is you know as you kind of yield to me i will hand you whatever keys that you need to open this or lock that or to loose this or to bind this, okay? The idea is, amen, it's you taking your place in your authority and dominion and walking in the power that you're called to walk in to do uh, what needs to be done, to bring change into your lives, the lives of your loved ones, your family, your church, your community, Amen. You're standing and resisting the enemy, doing your part based on the fact that God has given you keys. We could say even principles or ideas or uh, maybe just that nugget you need to, to, to move forward, whatever it is, or a verse that he's given you to stand on, whatever it may be. But, I, but they're keys of the kingdom that are given you. Okay. All of this is due to a, a, comes into that same play of submitting to God resisting the enemy, and he flees. You see that same thing played out. Also, I always think about uh, in uh, uh, the Great Commission, going to all the world, it says, okay? Uh, you know, but the first thing that it mentions that you do is casting out demons, okay? taking authority over, over the demonic realm. When you look at that, okay, you see that in Mark 16. You also see that in Matthew 28, all right? So you take authority over, the, uh, over darkness, a, a verse I want to turn to, though, Romans 16. Now, I'm, I'm kind of cruising through a little bit of this because we have touched on this many a times over the last, probably even the last six months, okay, in different uh, messages we've done. 
but I'm kind of heading somewhere today, and I'm trying to get to that, okay? So Romans uh, chapter 16, again, talking about submitting to God, resisting the enemy, all right? Uh, uh, verse 19, let's look at that. So Matthew 16, verse 19 and 20, it says, For your obedience, now this is Paul talking to the church at Rome, okay? Your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, uh, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple, or in other words, or, or uh, that really means innocent, harmless, or, or unmixed. It's talking about something that's, you know, not, you know, that's not complicated here, okay, and simple concerning evil. In other words, standing your place uh, against that which is darkness or evil, all right? Verse 20, then, it says, and... So in other words, it's obviously connected what he just said. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly or quickly or speedily is what it means. Or in haste, it means the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. So the point I'm trying to show you again is where your obedience to follow God, amen, can help you in the area of your resistance of the enemy. Okay. You kind of see it throughout. Okay. All right. Now, sometimes the reason we find ourselves uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a negative situation in the area of a storm hitting where you're not able to stand, sometimes the reason for that is the fact that we haven't laid any kind of foundation of resistance. Okay, now of course we've been talking a lot about foundation of a house, but I want you today to see it as a foundation of resistance, okay? Because what it is, that every time you walk in an area of obedience, you're putting something down, whether you're pouring some more footing or more of a stem wall or you're laying bricks in a foundation, okay, whatever it may be, but you're putting something down. That every time you do that, what you're doing now is you're, you're putting, you're connecting your house, your life, come on, to that which is stable, to the rock, okay? But every time you don't do that, okay, you might still be building your life, doing things, moving forward with some things. The problem is you're not putting anything down so that when the storm does come, you're not connected to anything stable. You're connected to everything that's unstable. Now, hang on to that, okay? So what happens then, now here comes that storm, here comes what the enemy's trying to do, and you have no foundation of resistance uh, built up, okay, to withstand any kind of attack, okay, and you have to begin to see it that way. A lot of times what happens is all of a sudden here comes the storm, okay, but we've overlooked all the little things that God talked to us about throughout the course of the month or the year or whatever, but now all of a sudden here comes this major storm, and all of a sudden now you're trying to somehow quickly dig down, put a foundation, all that kind of stuff, and find yourself sometimes a little bit, uh, a little bit too, too little, too late to, you know, withstand the storm. Now, hang on to that, okay? I'm going to go to the book of Acts in verse, chapter 19, and I'm going to take a text here that um, maybe uh, I might take a little bit of liberty with it, maybe, uh, but I think once I kind of get into this, you're going to understand why I'm doing it. And why I'm using it, praise God. But Acts 19, verse 11, please. 
And it says, now God worked unusual miracles, okay, unusual miracles by the hand of Paul. Now, obviously, it's being known, it's being recognized, so that even, even handkerchiefs and, air, and aprons were brought uh, from his body to the sick. In other words, obviously, at time, he would maybe have them on, on his person, and then he would hand them over, and they would take that, and it says that the diseases would even uh, would leave them, and evil spirits would, would go out of them. Now, hang on to that. It says all kinds of signs and wonders have been happening, okay, a lot of unusual miracles. Okay, so it's probably a pretty cool thing to see a lot of this going on. But it says, then some of the itinerant uh, Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over uh, to call. Yeah, to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Okay, now what he's talking about this word here, itinerant. Uh, let's hang on to this. Okay, so what we got itinerant just means somebody that's out of the area. Really, it means these guys that are traveling in. They travel from here to there. They, you know, they're not necessarily from the area, but these are people that have come in. Okay, obviously they they've obviously seen Paul doing some things. They've obviously heard some things that Paul has said. Um, it could even be that they were watching Paul in when he was in other locations. Okay, and they just kind of followed. I mean, it could be. Okay, we're like I said, these are some of the things I might be kind of, you know, maybe taking a little liberty here with. But the bottom line is, it makes it very clear there are itinerant. In other words, there are people from out of the area, and they were just Jewish exorcists. Okay, trying to cast devils out of people. Okay, but they they obviously heard the message of Jesus, and obviously know Paul. And it said this, we exercise you, or that word there, in fact, that uh, is a word that means adjure or to charge, in other words, to, to rebuke, all right, uh, these demons, okay? And he says, we exercise you uh, by Jesus whom Paul preaches, by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So he's making it real clear, they've obviously know, know this Paul, and they obviously have heard the message that he's preaching, okay? So just keep that in mind. But then it said, also, verse 14, says, also there were seven sons of Sceva. Now, Sceva was a Jewish chief priest, okay? And it said that there was also seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. In other words, they did the same exact thing. But now the thing, you notice here that they're making it very clear. There's two different groups here. You got, the, you got those itinerant ones, those that are out of the area, who are coming and doing all this you know, they're trying to cast devils out of people, okay? But you see now it says also there were, in other words, there were these seven other sons of Sceva, okay? So my guess is, okay, now hang on. My guess is they're probably a little more local, okay? Because obviously they weren't part of this itinerant group. They, they were local boys. They could have been from that community or they could have been from at least right there close in that region, okay? And they obviously were seeing some of this going on. So they themselves began to do the same thing, okay? Now, whether or not those other guys were getting any kind of results or not, I don't know. It doesn't really say. Uh, I'm just kind of going that these other, uh, these seven sons of Sceva uh, were thought, you know, obviously were seeing something, and they obviously themselves probably knew of Paul, heard the message he was preaching about Jesus, so they're trying the same thing. So they're cast, trying to cast out, uh, you know, a devil out of somebody, all right, and they're talking about, I'm coming to you, you know, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches again. Well, obviously, it didn't work for them. You know, we have that, okay? And it says, this evil spirit then answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Okay, now get that. So, Jesus I know, this devil's answering. Jesus I know, Paul I know, 
but who are you? Now you hang on to that because I'm going to come back to that. It says, then the men, uh, the man in whom the evil spirit uh, was, uh, was, um, was then leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And obviously it didn't, it didn't work out good for them. <laughs> Amen. All right. Now the point I'm trying to make is, okay, is we're seeing that obviously they've heard of Paul. They've heard of Jesus. Now I'm not just talking about the devils. I'm talking about these men. Okay. Now, okay, Jesus I know. Okay, this is what that, that devil said. Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? Okay, now hang on to this because, you know, we don't know whether these boys have received the message of Paul, uh, you know, preaching about Jesus. All we know is they're obviously seeing some results, seeing some great things. Would like to be a part of that, like to see that happen for themselves. Okay, so they're trying to, you know, do this themselves. Okay, now I know I might be taking a little bit of liberty there, but we don't know whether they've received Christ or not. We don't know where they're at. Okay, all they're doing is they're trying to cast out a spirit, a devil, okay, in the, in the right name, okay, but yet they're saying whom Paul preaches, which means this. They've got more confidence in Paul than they do themselves. Okay, just hang on to that because sometimes this happens. Okay, people have more confidence in the prayer team or have more confidence in their pastor or more confidence in their spouse, you know, about, about dealing with things and praying about things. Okay, now, hang on to this. See, we, we don't know where they're at spiritually. We just know that in themselves, they don't know really who they are. They could be total young babes in Christ, or they could be people that absolutely have no concept of God whatsoever, okay? And that could be, okay? Most of the time it gets taught that way, and it could very well be. But I'm trying to show you, you know, the enemy makes it real clear. I know Jesus. I know Paul, all right? I just don't know who you are. Now, you know, if this was you or me and an enemy said that, Hopefully you'd say, well, I know who I am, right? I know who I am in Christ, like we talked about last week, about the importance of knowing who you are. And when you follow, listen, when you have a foundation of resistance, your enemy is going to figure out who you are real quick because you have a foundation of resistance. But if you have no foundation of resistance and now you're trying to take on your storm, you're trying to take on something bigger than you, what happens is you're probably not going to have the confidence you need you're not going to be as assured as you should be. You're, you're not going to be as anchored as you should be. You're not going to be settled in who you are. And what happens is the enemy will ransack your life. It's just a fact. Now, I thought it was worthy of bringing that out, okay? Because whether or not they knew Christ or not, we don't totally know. We just assume, okay, that they didn't. But they may have known Christ, and they're just you know, trying to do something, to have something great happen, and, you know, like they're seeing in Paul, okay? And again, I took a little liberty with that, but I'm trying to show you, okay, the bottom line was they didn't know who they were. And they obviously had no confidence in their own ability to face an enemy. So they're saying, I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, okay? Well, Jesus they know and Paul they know, okay? Well, who are you? Right. See, if you don't have a foundation of resistance in your life, you might have the enemy doing that 
to you right now about some things. You might be facing your storm right now and you are not anchored in anything about who you are because all the other times that God talked to you about dealing with things or working things or, or, or opposing or resisting something, you didn't, you didn't apply anything. You didn't do anything. You let somebody else pray it or let somebody else deal with it or whatever. Now, listen, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just saying that every time a storm in life rolls in, you ought to be at a place in God that you can re- resist and stand your ground, that your house, so to speak, stays anchored to the rock, amen, and is not going downstream. Now, good, maybe another reference on something like this is Ephesians 4 and 27. It says, neither give place to the devil. Now, everything in context, he's talking about putting on the new man and resisting the old man. Okay, sometimes God says, this is a good time for you to resist this area of your life that you always fall prey to. Okay, instead, amen, stand your ground in who you are, resist this, put on the new man, resist the old man, neither give place to the devil. What are you doing right there? You're putting something down. You're laying a foundation of resistance. Every time you do these little things. See, sometimes it's not always about resisting the demonic, you know, some demonic spirit, okay? Sometimes it's just the fact that the enemy has had an inroad in your life. Maybe we could say your old man sometimes wants to rise up and dictate and control. Sometimes you just have to resist letting the old man rise up and remember who you are with the new man. Put on the new man and resist the old man. Sometimes that's, that's, what, that's what we're doing. And what you're doing with those little acts of obedience, you're putting something down, laying a foundation of resistance, praise God. Oh, child of God, I hope you're hearing this. 1 John in 5, verse 18, talks about keeping and guarding yourself, okay, so that the wicked one, talking about the enemy, can't touch you, okay? And what that's talking about is these little areas of your life where you're keeping, you're resisting, Okay, you're opposing certain things so the enemy has no inroad, so that the weapons, listen, that he's trying to form against you have no strength, have no, uh, no place in your life. You're not giving the enemy place. I hope you're hearing this, child of God. Hallelujah. This time I want uh, uh, one more reference, and I wanna, want you to hear this. Again, we've already quoted it, but I'm going to bring it up again. And again, that's out of Proverbs 1, and I want you to hear this. Okay, Proverbs 1. Hallelujah. Let me get to it here. Now remember, Proverbs 1 is talking about the difference being wise and foolish. And just the difference, again, is like we read there in uh, Luke 6, okay, is going to come right down to obedience. Now I want you to hear this, okay, in the light of what I've already brought up. Okay, whoever listens to me. Of course, again, the implication is listening and following. In fact, that word even talks about hearkening or listening with an intent to follow. Okay, whoever listens to me will, will, will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. It comes down to hearing and obeying. All right? Now, I've used this the last couple weeks, and I'm going to say it again, then I've got one thing I want to say before I let you go. Um, God is merciful. I think I've established that, okay? 
And a lot of times we think, well, you know, it's not a big deal. I know God's talking to me about this, but it's not a big deal. God's merciful, and He is merciful. Praise God He's merciful. Amen. Okay, because we've all blown it. We've all come up short in something. Okay, but mercy doesn't put nothing down. Mercy isn't building a foundation of resistance. Mercy is just covering you because you wouldn't put something down. Okay, but see, mercy doesn't build the wall, doesn't build the foundation. Okay, mercy doesn't prepare you for the storm. Mercy doesn't eliminate the storm. So that storm, in a sense, is going to roll in one way or another. So you might as well do what it takes to build the foundation, that foundation of resistance, so that when the storm does roll in, you're ready. Nothing's going to knock you down. It just rolls in it rolls out, praise God. Amen. In fact, you're still rocking out on a rock, you know, rocking chair out on the front deck, praise God. Hallelujah. Drinking an iced tea, hallelujah, as that storm rolls in because you're secure. You got a foundation that's laid on something stable, praise God, hallelujah. And you're able to kind of soar as an eagle right through that, knowing that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, knowing that you're the overcomer. See, you know who you are. You're a world overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. You're victorious in him, led in all triumph, praise God. Why? Because you've laid the foundation of resistance. Oh, hallelujah. But if we're not doing anything, we're not following every time God talks to us about things, about resisting that and resisting this, then what happens is we got no foundation. And so now all of a sudden here comes that major storm and it, it you know, lights out. I mean, we got, we got problems, okay? So we get mad at God, or we get mad at the preacher man, or mad at somebody, or mad at what, you know, whatever. We get mad at your neighbor, or your, your family members, or whatever it is, when all along it comes down to this. We didn't do anything. We were constantly relying on mercy to, to cover us every time we disobeyed. And as I've said, uh, at least one of those weeks in there, you know, obedience is obedience. Disobedience is disobedience. Plain and simple. You don't, get, you don't get around that, okay? Now, praise God for mercy. Now, I'm going to bring something out. I want you to hear this. Recently here, I don't know, maybe two weeks back, I don't know what it was, I uh, did a message on talking about, uh, you know, uh, Daniel, talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? A couple Sundays back here, I get, believe it was. And we see the fact that Daniel, you know, was sent to the den of lions. We've seen Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego sent to the fiery furnace. And somebody might look at that and they might say, uh, you know, that's, um, you know, that's, you know, uh, you know, an act of obedience for them to, to, to do, to go ahead and follow through with that or something. And it's really not. The, the den of lions and the uh, uh, fiery furnace are really... Um, the storm, okay? Now, the reason, now hang on, like I read there in Proverbs, let me read it again, whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil, okay? We can take that even back to, Mark, to Luke 6, 
Yeah, Luke 6, when it says, okay, that the guy that listens and does is like the guy that built his house on the rock and the storm came in, beat on it, didn't do anything. The storm rolls back out. Their life's still secure. Now, I want to say this. Okay, the, the, the fiery furnace, uh, the den of lions, okay, is nothing but a storm that or a weapon, we could even say, some of those other verses, a weapon that's been formed against them. It was formed against Daniel. It was formed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, why were they able to stand? Because they had already had a foundation of resistance. They constantly walked in a place of obedience, and as a result of their uh, success in the den of lions or their, you know, walking out, back out of that fiery furnace, that is the fruit, listen, of their faithful, consistent obedience unto God prior to that. They're, they already had a foundation of resistance so that when all of a sudden this storm, this weapon thing that's been formed against them, you're now going to be thrown into the den of lions. You're now going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. I mean, none of it had any hold. None of it could, could, uh, could touch them. Hallelujah. They all came out of that completely successful, unharmed, praise God, because they had a foundation of resistance. Child of God, it's time to build that foundation of resistance. It's time to stand in an area of resistance. Take the authority and dominion that you have. Don't wait for them to tell you you got cancer. Start dealing with things when you just get the sniffles. Amen? When you got this lightweight thing to deal, when God's already talking to you about standing, uh, you know, resisting this. When, when uh, God talks to you about the little things in your walk to begin to adjust and change. Man, don't, don't look at that like it's some lightweight thing. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say to you? So what happens is you don't build that foundation of resistance. So then all of a sudden, one day, here comes that storm, that weapon that's been formed now against you. has got an inroad because there's absolutely no obedience to the little things that God talks to you about. And as a result of it now, all right, he ransacks your life. And now we got trouble. Now, listen, I don't say all these things to try to, you know, weigh anybody down or make you feel, you know, guilty or, or somehow make you feel sad or upset or whatever or offended for that matter. I say all these things because sometimes it comes down to just these little simple things. When God talks to you about putting off the old man, put on the new man. And then every time that old man wants to rise up again, you say, no, you resist that. What you're doing is you're putting something down. So that when all of a sudden one day when that big thing now is staring you in the face, you already know who you are. You're already anchored in who you are. You already know, praise God, you have the dominion and authority. You already know, praise God, nothing's going to take you down. You already know, praise God, that no matter what storm comes, you're still going to be secure. Hallelujah. You're going to still be, amen, uh, free from any kind of fear of evil, praise God, because of the fact that you kept doing all the little things that God talked to you about along the way. Again, just trying to make it clear to you, amen, who are watching, who are listening, amen, make it clear the importance of the doing, amen, following God when he talks to you about these things, amen. The enemy has no place, no authority. There is absolutely nothing in the enemy that, that can overpower who you are in Christ when you know who you are, amen. 
and when you're anchored, amen. But learn, child of God, the importance of laying something down. Every time God talks to you about resisting, man, it pays to do it, praise God. Amen, it pays to press through that stuff. Amen, lay the foundation so that when some storm in life rolls in, Amen. You're anchored. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you're secure. Praise God. I hope you got something today, child of God. Father, I give you praise and glory once again. Thankful for a people that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive. Thank you, Lord God, for opening the eyes of our understanding, giving us some clarity on some of this. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Child of God, call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.